Welcome to the sixth episode of the Peas in the Podcast, where we discuss trends and provide commentary on media and social justice issues, as well as personal life experiences. The podcast is hosted by Starlisha, Jameer, and Daphne. The pods are the articles and stories that are abuzz in our society and culture, and the peas are our own thoughts and takes on those concepts. Today is a magical ass day. There is nothing but blackity black. Yes, yes, yes. Blackity black. Melanin dripping magic. And it's got me in the type of mood, y'all. Happy Juneteenth to my skin folk and kin folk. And in case you're wondering, no, I did not get off from work today. Apparently, the second, and in my opinion, real Independence Day, doesn't garner such praise. Guess black folks getting their freedom isn't a high priority on America's celebratory hashtag never forget <laughs> list. Bloop. And for those of you that don't know, and I'm reading the Google definition, Juneteenth is a festival held annually on the 19th of June by African Americans, especially in the southern states, to commemorate emancipation from slavery in Texas on that day in 1865, also known as America's Second Independence Day. Juneteenth is recognized as a state holiday or special day of observance in 45 states. But unfortunately, it is not a federal holiday. And not without trying. During the year of and leading to the Civil War, slave owners moved into Texas with their slaves to avoid the fighting and desecration happening on their plantations. So once Lincoln signed the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation, In 1862, the news of the effective action of the Emancipation Proclamation did not reach the slaves of Texas until May of 1865. And on June 19th of 65, General Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas to announce General Order Number 3, which states, The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So, what may strike you as alarming is that white folks been saying the same thing to black folks since then, almost like racism is passed down generationally or something. Y'all. Y'all are free, but don't expect no help in the struggles we gave y'all. And if y'all choose to do nothing at all, you really are about to get this smoke. No one will accept your unemployed and idle ass. That's what white people say, right? But I still wonder, when Massa got his reparations from the U.S. government, how much of those funds went into the hands of slaves? I'll wait. Like I'm still waiting on my reparations. Moving forward in history, Juneteenth has saw a rise and decline in its celebratory history. Between Jim Crow and the Great Depression, celebrations for Juneteenth saw a steady decline due to black people being unable to take a day off of work because the need for financial growth. And this is just me pondering, but 
I don't think they celebrated through much of Jim Crow because you know how white people get when niggas is gathered and enjoying themselves. Insert Oakland charcoal police lady meme. <laughs> Presently, organizations such as the National Juneteenth Observance Foundation. Why can I not speak today? Observance Foundation continue working towards gaining congressional approval to designate Juneteenth as a national day of observance rather than its current status as an informal day of observance. And in, tw- and in 2018, I almost said 2018, that's where I fucked up. <laughs> and in 2018, if you check your Apple iPhone calendar, you will find Juneteenth is recognized as an official holiday. Woo. Bet your green bubble having ass droid phones ain't doing that. <laughs> Get on the winning team, ho. But now, without any further petty, I'm going to shift gears and talk about the ways that folks been turning up and celebrating Juneteenth across the United States. In Texas, the state that ended it all, well, except for Mississippi in 2013, but I digress, they celebrate oral histories as part of Juneteenth celebrations. So I read this article, which I have in the description and it basically is talking about all the different states and how they celebrate Juneteenth or whatever. So you can read it there. It goes a little bit more in depth. But this particular couple, the guy, Norman Norwood, basically he had grown up celebrating Juneteenth. Then it kind of fell off and out of like commonplace what people do. And one day he just went up to his relatives and was like, Today we're going to celebrate Juneteenth. And they did. And it started out as just a gathering of his friends and his family on his front porch. And then it spread out to him celebrating at Mansfield Park, I think is what it's called. Yeah. So for Norman and Brenda Norwood, his wife, they reignited Mansfield's Juneteenth celebration in their front yard with their family, recalled Norman. Since then, the celebration has grown to about 600 people spread across McClendon Park West and is run by a committee of organizers. And this year, the city of Dallas, Martin Luther King Jr. Community Center, will be throwing a celebration from 3 to 7 p.m. at the MLK Jr. Community Center located at 2922 MLK Boulevard with free health screenings and HIV testing, fun and educational games for children, live entertainment, and more. So now, I'm going to move into the places that, you know, matter to us in particular. In Pennsylvania, Philly, Philly, hey, <laughs> Philadelphia Juneteenth Festival is on Saturday, June 16th, 2018 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. The festival is held on Germantown Avenue between Washington Lane and Johnson Street. Do you know where that is, Jameer? Yes, I do. Get your ass there. Are you going Saturday? I, oh, I'm in Bethlehem. If I could get to Philly, probably. Oh, you are. Oh, right. So the flyer states that guests can find shopping opportunities from a number of vendors from a historic and, from historic and cultural marketplaces, drinks at an on-site beer garden, and exhibits about freedom throughout businesses in the neighborhood. In the afternoon, there will be live entertainment, tours and performances, as well as historical reenactments, food, and more. So get your ass out your house this weekend and celebrate Juneteenth. This seems like it'll be dope, too. I love Germantown Avenue. Yeah. Definitely try to get there if you can. And if you're in the NYC area, which I am, and will have my black ass at, there is a Juneteenth celebration happening in Brooklyn on the dirty ass Coney Island boardwalk. (laughs) This flyer states 
Join NYC Parks, Alvin Ailey Extension, and NYC Council Member Mark Traeger. Hope I'm saying that right, because I don't know who the hell he is. As we commemorate the abolition of slavery and the emancipation of enslaved African Americans throughout the former Confederacy of the Southern United States. This wonderful event will feature a Revelations Dance Workshop, music and dance performances taking place on June 19th, actual date of Juneteenth, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. So I'll be going after work. But also, it's New York City, so Google search will lead you to way more blackity-black ways to turn up and celebrate this Juneteenth. And that is all I have on the wonderful, wonderful magic of Juneteenth. Moving on to Global Perspective, though, on this segment of Global Perspective, I'm going to be discussing the very real American problem of not being able to afford to live. Oh boy. So in an article by the Washington Post, it has been discovered that a minimum wage worker can't afford a two-bedroom place anywhere in the U.S. To put things into perspective, in places like Hawaii, where the highest living wages exist, a person would have to make $36.13 in order to afford a livable two-bedroom. And since I know y'all are wondering, you need to make $19.53 in Pennsylvania and $30.03 in New York per hour to live in a two-bedroom. The article also states, according to the report, a one-bedroom is affordable for minimum wage workers in only 22 counties in five states, Arizona, California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. Those states all set their minimum wages higher than the federal minimum of $7.25. Nationally, one would have to earn $17.90 an hour to afford a modest one-bedroom apartment or $22.10 an hour for a two-bedroom rental. That's based on the comment budgeting standard of spending a maximum of 30% of your income on housing. The Trump administration has tried cutting federal housing subsidies with Coon Carson leading the brigade. You can check out the article in the link posted in the description to find out more info on what's happening in the American housing market. Yeah, I love coming for a Ben, but it's okay. Just mm. all your little shots or whatever. Mm. <laughs> you okay. gonna catch those gifted hands. Y'all just love, ta- <laughs> y'all just love attacking a strong black man, but it's okay. Oh, okay, so oh, for my um, topic, oh, I'm going to talk about like my, my family's first year actually trying to celebrate Juneteenth. Okay. Juneteenth or the 4th of July. For the last few summers, I've been trying to convince my friends and family that we should plan something for the 19th of June rather than the 4th of July. Every year, Juneteenth is forgotten about. It just ends up becoming another random weekday. Most ba- black families never talk about it, and it's really a shame. And then a few weeks later, it's July 4th. Everybody and their grandma remembers that. Family from all over the U.S. come together and engage in varying degrees of blackness, from the food we eat to the games we play. Black Twitter always goes wild around this time with tropes you find somewhere in almost every black fam- family. To the, from the one rich bougie aunt the gra- to the grandma who cooked all the food and complains that no one wanted to try to help, to even an uncle who always says weirdly inappropriate shit, which we can make a whole other n- video on. And so much more. And what's funny is, we're never really celebrating freedom. We're celebrating family. The 4th of July is just a time to chill with family. And to the enslaved people, I guess it was the same. Some of them weren't even notified that they weren't even supposed to be there after Lincoln had granted freedom to the slaves in Confederate states. 
that New Year's Day, which of course means that there was no real way of finding out that these are slave people. So these are slave people still worked and were still abused for five months until they were notified of their freedom. So being as though we were still slaves while America had became become a nation in 1776, and we really weren't actively celebrating its birthday now. Well, yeah, we're really not celebrating it now. Why has it still become such a quintessential moment of the black calendar? Why can't we just move, move this move, movement over a few weeks? I mean, like, really, what's June 19th to the 4th? So this summer, I finally convinced my mom to do something on Juneteenth. And to come to find out, Juneteenth ain't even end up on a weekend. So we're trying to do Ooh. something on, like, Juneteenth will be June 16th this time, I guess. It will be a joint <laughs> Juneteenth black party. And my sister will be having her graduation party there, too, because at the end of the summer, like, when's the next time all my family's going to be around? In other words, we'll just be having 4th of July a few weeks earlier. There's going to be music, food, and family. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Fine, it would be better if it was on Juneteenth, actually, but getting that many people to come out on a Tuesday, on a Tuesday would be wide as hell. Last summer, I did, like, I tried to do a little something-something with my housemates. Like, I made, like, cornbread and yams and rice. And my brother made, like, salmon and macaroni. And he tried to fly, fry some uh, some fish that we thought was tilapia, but it wasn't. It was Ooh. disgusting. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was because we went to um. Now, since you're from the, since you lived in Bethlehem, you know what Sea Town is, right? We've seen this no. fish that we thought was tilapia, and then um, my friend was like, "Oh yeah, this is like, this is like a Puerto Rican saltfish or something. You just got to make sure you soak it in water." And I'm like, "Okay." So we soaked Rican it in water. And we did. I just, I just, so we fried it. It looked good as hell. It looked good as hell. Like it looked like some fried tilapia whiting or something. I, we tasted it, and like my my blood pressure just shot up. I'm like, this is like, like I, I'm like, mm, this this, because like I, I feel like all black families we got like histories of diabetes and high blood pressure and shit like that. I'm like, this if I eat this fish, this is gonna be what pushes me over the edge. <laughs> so yeah, we just threw out a fish out. I wish and, I could see Starleesh's face right now. <laughs> and then my other I'm friend just made nodding a lot <laughs> and my other friend made Indian food honestly the spaghetti and the Indian food didn't go with nothing but the spaghetti lasted <laughs> forever and that's my favorite type of spaghetti but yeah it was pretty much just nice to celebrate a holiday with so much importance for people that I genuinely cared about so I can't wait to see what we do this um Saturday I might see if I can stop by the, uh, the thing on Germantown Avenue too you should see yo check out some check out they spots and see if you got any black businesses you could rep. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm a little worried because they're like it's on the Coney Island boardwalk. I'm like, mm-hmm. I I've been to New York Coney so many times. I've dirty. never been to Coney Island. It's it. Listen, I'll give you this. It's fun, but it's like hood fun. <laughs> Take that as you need to. Don't go into the beach, though, because the water is black, <laughs> full of dirt, dirty diapers, Ew. bodies, Ew. condom wrappers yeah. and shit. It's nasty. It's nasty. Nasty. I will never forget when I was a kid. So, like, we would always go to Coney Island because it was, like, right there and just easy to do. When I was a kid, I, like, so in one section of Coney Island, there's, like, the kitty area. 
Like, it, like you have to go up into this ramp. But in the kitty area is where they keep the funnel cake. So like, as a youth, I used to always like want to go up there, and like it's a, it's a fence. I don't know if it's still there now because I haven't been in years, but like it's it was a fence there, like blocking the the it was like separating the area from the kitty part of it to the beach. And so when I was a kid and I saw that the beach was there, I begged my mom, I was like, can we please go to the beach? Like, please, please. And she was just like, that shit is nasty. We're not going. It's a no. It's a dub. Every single time. And I was like, oh, but like, it's the beach. I'm a kid. I don't know any fucking better. Finally, my mom was like, all right, you want to go? We going to go. Well, we walked out. I took off my sandal. I stepped on the sand. It was the nastiest feeling ever. I picked up my foot, looked down. My shit was black. <laughs> I didn't even make it to the water. I was literally still like right by like where the park entrance, like the opening to get to the beach was. And I saw the dirty diaper and the dirt. And I'm glad you stepped on glass. It was a landfill. Right. And my mom. My mom did not step out. She just knew. She's like it was one of those like you gonna have to learn for yourself then. And when I picked up my foot and it came back black, <laughs> never again. And I said, never again. You won't get me fucked up. <laughs> Don't ever go sit there. No. The Coney Island boardwalk. I'm like, mm. I might celebrate Juneteenth from afar. Go but y'all be talking about how Philly dirty. Okay. All right. First of all, nigga, it's Coney Island. Philly is dirty. <laughs> Not compared to New Stop. York. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> well, Whoa. no, nothing is as dirty as New York, but they're all dirty. Okay, y'all gotta, y'all gotta shut your whole mouths. Philly is nothing. What Philly got? Grime and nothing. What New York got? Grime, culture, and pizza. Broadway. What? We got more shit. Boom. We Boom. got Walnut Boom. Theater. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh. Y'all not you look. <laughs> the only reason why people even go to Lancaster is to go to Dutch Wonderland. Excuse me, it's Lancaster. First Lan- of all, you're going to come correct with that. Is, it's Lancaster is in Wonderland Pennsylvania. It's Lancaster in Ohio. Everybody I know calls it Lancaster. Dutch Wonderland? That's for babies. Dutch Wonderland's for babies. Wait, how do you call it? How do you, you say it? Lancaster? <laughs> Lancaster? No. Lancaster. And how do I say it? Lancaster. 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 I always thought it was That's Lancaster, what... and I don't care because I don't live there. <clears throat> it's Lancaster. The only people that live there are cows. That's it. Y'all, I live in well, a you know, city. I don't know you how know, to tell the, you that I am a good 10 miles away from a cow from where I'm sitting right now. I'm, 10 miles, though, I'm more than 10 miles. I'm okay, way six more miles. than 10 miles from a cow. Six miles. That's alive. Six miles from a That's cow. alive and mooing still. And right, I mean, I got beef in my freezer, but <laughs> you got B E E F. I don't mind it. I gotta, I gotta go food shopping. What the? <laughs> let's just. Well, she said she got beef in the freezer. I was like, oh, I got all I got is uh, the if microwave you gotta with shop for your sticks. Juneteenth party. Your June sixteenth. Wait, Did you I will be balling out with the uh, microwave with plates. Oh, I know what you're talking about. They're like they're made by like Ego or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I, I probably don't got the Ego ones. I got the generic kind from from Walmart, but they're good. Oh, 
A box was two dollars. I'm too damn bougie for that shit. I get all name brands. <laughs> Just the same. I'm way I usually too do. I live. But I the French. No, y'all gotta. I'm gonna send you the link to the French toast. <laughs> Okay. We're gonna put the link of the French toast in the Wait, description. Daphne saying Daphne saying she lives beyond her means is like the most relevant thing I've heard on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the most relatable. <laughs> I mean me too. Like, every oh, millennial yeah, Starleisure. Every millennial. I know. We're all the worst. We're killing Hopefully I get some Juneteenth take home plates. I'm tired of cooking. Doug, Doug, we used to talk about our mamas being able to like make a meal out of nothing. You need to shit. Millennial moms is where the truth is at. We need to figure <laughs> out Nick's quick. Out here rebranding fucking top ramen, making shit out of nothing, right? <laughs> Making fucking ramen noodle bread. <laughs> like what? Oh no, I'm. There's ramen this, noodle uh, taco shell. This is, ramen this, taco. This podcast is going wild. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to... Let's circle these wagons. Is that... No, that's not racist because they were American. What? <laughs> I was like, wait, is that a racist term? Because I was thinking even, about Native never, Americans. I've never heard of it. <laughs> You've never heard the phrase circle the wagons? No. no. Like the frontiers? Pioneers? Mm, nope. Is this a white people thing? Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm going to move on to this day in history. (laughs) It is quite, quite, quite interesting. Okay, (laughs) so um, this day in history was Juneteenth, so I'm going to back it up because that's all we're talking about. I'm backing it up to June 13th, 1961. This is important, I promise. (laughs) Thurgood Marshall was nominated to the Supreme Court by Lyndon B. Johnson he was the first African-American to be on the Supreme Court, which I think is very cool. Prior to this, um, he had a very extensive law career. And in 1957, he founded and became the first president director counsel of the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, Incorporated, a nonprofit law firm separate and independent of the NAACP. So he was over here doing his own thing for equal rights and justice and equality on a uh, like on a law basic law level not like at a at a um executive level law level am i saying that right like on a uh, i think so yeah again. yeah like a normal Local. normal law level before the supreme court um he served on the supreme court until 1991 local national he- Local, yeah, local law level versus or maybe local and federal. Level. Thank you. Federal, yeah, there it federal, is. Federal, that's the word we're looking for. There it is. Ooh, government. I should really study these things. Um, <laughs> fun fact: I took AP government in high school. It was great. Um, so he served until 1991, but and he died. He passed away in 1993. He left all of his notes and writings to the Library of Congress. And they are now all public documents. So you can go to the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. the same time you're at the National Museum of African American History. Ran off and applied twice. What? I didn't hear what you said. I said ran off and applied twice. What? Ran off and applied twice. You know? 
and uh, go read his writings. Okay, so I'm going to shift into my topic. That was a very underwhelming coverage of Thurgood Marshall, by the way. I can't fit everything I wanted to talk about. But can I about just him. jump in on that? Yeah, really please. Just to discuss why the hell was Chadwick Boseman's brown blackety ass yes. playing this playing this pale ass man. I have not day. seen the movie. One so of the man, but yes, I heard that was a Third thing that happened. Career was able to take off like that was because he was fair skinned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's a a major plot point. Mm-hmm. Like we know Chadwick yeah. like, can play oh, the hell like out the of every niggas. damn black person, but like. There's limits. And then like we let you we let you play Jackie Robinson. We let you play James Brown. And you know you don't look girl, like Jackie Robinson. But third girl, you, you might look you like James doing Brown. too much, Chad. Wick. Don't don't bring me no heat. I ain't I ain't call you Chad, you know. I want no smoke. <laughs> Chad but like it'd be different if he was like a little brown. But he's like uh, uh, My man is dark. Wait, how what how they say it on um how they say it on white chicks? He's a beautiful chocolate man. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like come on. They, I, I just, you know, they like, could have did better. Color, I'm all for colorblind casting, but at a certain point, bro. At that point, they might as well have. Uh, That's the whole. It goes right back to the Zoe's Hadana trying to play Nina Simone. Yeah, uh, yeah, and ain't she had what to take doing? Numbers. What are y'all oh doing? Oh my gosh, are we talking about this again? <laughs> what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Yeah, learn to say no. Black Jesus did not die for this. Oh my golly. Oh. True. He died for us to celebrate Juneteenth. You're right. That and for Star to talk about the food that we eat on Juneteenth. Bless. Oh, yes. Let's swing talk that. about that for a moment. Um, okay. So, of course, as we discussed on last week's podcast, I love food so much. I was a little delayed in getting in on this podcast tonight because I was shamelessly enjoying some fried chicken from KFC as a post KFC. middle school baseball game treat. I don't like Listen, okay, it was the closest thing to the baseball field that we were Unless at. Unless you slide this time. And what? Yeah, nah. Don't do you slide this time. <laughs> but apparently, okay, so uh, my homegirl Quinn at control alt quinn you know every week texted (laughs) every week we shout her out um she texted me and she said she and her husband and the girls got really good fried chicken from royal farms oh yes we just had a royal farms open up here in lancaster a few weeks ago and i haven't been yet so you gotta go is that a is that a yes yes jameer you can like look in philly right all like all the hood niggas i know All they talk about is getting up, is getting chicken from Royal Farms. It'd be niggas I know that don't even have cars. Because oh, Royal Farms no. is like a gas station, right? It's pretty it's much a Wawa. gas station, yeah. So, like, they walking all the way up to Royal Farms just to get, like, a chicken sandwich. For some fried chicken. I'd advise don't get the chicken sandwich. Is it sandwich. that good? Just have get the actual it? chicken. Fried chicken ain't even that good to be doing all of this. All right, Royal Farms Daphne? You can stop being problematic immediately. Well, okay, first of all. <laughs> Before you get canceled. It's not like I said I don't like watermelon. Like <laughs> Then you all get I double canceled. I mean, ain't that great. Like What don't I'm just you, upset. What 
what don't you like about it? I'm not a big meat eater to begin with, but like oh, that's right. But like, it it doesn't do anything for me. The you know? crunchity crunch. Okay, first of all, you have to understand. One, I'm not a big meat eater. Two, I also don't eat gristles. So you know how niggas be like eating a bone, whole bone, and like Scott. Ew, no, I don't that's do Scott that. Right there. Oh, shit. Uh-oh, it's not, that's gross. If it's not the little bit, I eat. I eat chicken like the white people, like all up in the middle. Here's and the that's thing: it. I don't touch the edges. I don't. I don't need to. But then on top of that, it's just fried chicken. It's nothing like I don't get. You know how like when people are like, oh my god, we're passing Popeyes. Oh my god, we're passing Bojangles. We're passing KFC. Like I don't get those feelings. I'm like, I really don't want to put my money towards fried chicken. If it's like chicken strips, great. I'm down for it. Right. You know, but like fried chicken, it's good, but it's nothing that I crave. I might have to fry you some chicken one of these days. Okay. First of all, again, my grandmama makes some great fried chicken, (laughs) but again, you're going to have to beat her grandmama. What does her wrist look like? Her what? Like, like, she got like a wild wrist. No, no. What's the thing? There's like a meme, and it said, "If your grandma elbows don't look like this," and it was like, "No, if she got, if she don't got the the dangly arm fat, yeah. oh, the, like, the bingo if, arm. If she don't got the, the big mama dangly arms, she really ain't cooking in the kitchen." Oh my god! Damn, that's real. Yo, my grandma, she can she flips the chicken like when she's frying it with her hands. See, that's that old school down south. <laughs> yeah, that my grandma is. from Texas. She go and flip it. I'm like, she be like, yeah, boy, you're you taking too long to flip the chicken. I'm like, huh? She walk over with her bare hands, flips it. You ever seen that one video? It's this lady. I, I want to say, I don't even know where the hell she was from. It looked like either somewhere in the Philippines, maybe. This damn lady got this big ass pot. Like the, like the wok pot. Pour the whole shit of oil in on top of the in the pan, fire, like beaming up on this like cast iron skillet. This bitch had a bucket of chicken. Picked up, picked up the chicken like legs and the breasts and shit. Was putting the shit in with her bare hand, like dropping it in the oil with her bare hand. You saw the shit sizzling. This bitch dipped her hand in the hot oil and was moving Wait, the, the chicken around like she was fucking seasoning the shit I've in the regular bowl. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm gonna find that damn video. I showed y'all, that video to my grandma. In the description. I'm like, grandma, that's I'm, you. I'm gonna find that video. I was like, every like literally all the comments were like, yo, this lady got no feeling in her hands. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> she got look, no feeling. This burnt off. This is the like, there's nothing left. The nerve was, endings were just fried. She was unfucking literally. Fried. They were literally fried. <laughs> <laughs> like they were high. I'm pretty sure somebody was eating a little bit of that pinky. Cause like <laughs> this shit was fried oh, right up with the other meat. <laughs> She's like, damn, where'd my pinky go? Oop. I'm like, oops, grandma ate Ooh. it. LOL. <laughs> I thought it was part of the chicken. It was brown enough. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, we just like this okay. This is Sorry, a mess, Scott. but I love it. No, we I love it messy. because we are messy people. Right, and it's okay because we were talking about food and my topics about food. Um, okay, so I couldn't really find any solid history or customs about food that is eaten on Juneteenth, but I did find a few just like interesting items. 
Um, so apparently, and I did not know this, that red foods are a traditional food that's served because red is the color of perseverance. So, hmm. strawberry soda, or like some sort of Texas fruit punch that they make down in Texas at these celebrations, and watermelon is often served at Juneteenth. I love watermelon. Um, there, one of the articles I read was from the New York Times, and it, um, there's a gentleman who's about our age who said he grew up with his parents hosting and, like, throwing an annual Juneteenth community picnic, and he would, like, take the money from the people and, like, hand them the napkins, and he and his sisters would sing, and they would provide, like, the entertainment, and people would just come, and, like, it was, like, a big old family party that was happening. Um, but some people celebrated a little differently. Some people really do see it as a more solemn, memorable occasion than a big old family picnic where people are probably, like, dancing and having a good time. And one such woman is Ms. Wanda Blake, who celebrates Juneteenth in Oakland, California. And the picture the of her in this article, she's... Yeah. That's why she celebrated like that. They're going to lock her up if she do this. <laughs> Right? <laughs> um, the picture of her in the article is her dressed in a traditional, like, slave outfit. She's got a long skirt, a nice flowy top. She has her hair all wrapped up. And she makes Juneteenth altars. And they often have red food on them and pictures of ancestors or pictures of um, famous black people in history. The picture that I was looking at had a picture of Emmett Till. You know the one. Everyone yeah. knows that picture of him smiling. It has him next to it. And she says, um, this is a cool quote directly from the article. To Ms. Blake, the event is an ode to ancestors. Quote, Juneteenth today is a collective thank you to the people who made a way out of no way, she said. And I thought that was really cool because in my brain, it was like, oh, big black family block party, cookout, everyone's grilling, got your dad with their dad shoes and their high-ass socks, and, like, <laughs> everyone's flipping burgers, people are, like, dancing, having a good time. But, like, there is something very thoughtful about it. Whereas, like, Fourth of July, kind of like what you were saying, Jameer, is, like, so it's celebrating family, and it's usually a little bit more upbeat because that is a celebration. Whereas Juneteenth is also a celebration, but it's a celebration with a deeper... I think it's probably a little bit more of a deeper implication for black folks than mm -hmm. 4th of July well, it should be European-American folks, you know? Um, so my this year I was like, I want to throw a Juneteenth cookout. Of course, my backyard is the size of a postage stamp, and my house is forever messy. <laughs> so, like, Ugh. I can't, I was like, I can't do it here. So I'm in this um, group chat. I've talked about my group chat with all my black Lancaster friends before. And we decided to throw a Juneteenth party at my friend Savannah's parents' house. And her her mom is white and her dad is black. And her dad is like, he is so cute. He's just an adorable guy. Really nice. I've met him. He wore like, a traditional African two-piece, like, short suit. Or, no, maybe it wasn't shorts, but, like, traditional African, like, suit to her sister's graduation for no reason other than he just wanted to dress up. Like, he's just, like, that type of guy. So we're having a 
Juneteenth party at her at her parents' house on Tuesday, and everyone is going to be bringing food from a local black business, which I think is really cool. So I'm really looking forward to that because this is my first like official black cookout, and I probably won't know how to act, and I'll probably embarrass David, and he'll probably be the cool one. Oh lord. <laughs> Have you, yeah. Okay, I have a question though. Even with like thinking about how we celebrate Juneteenth, I I do agree with you on that. Where like for Black people, Juneteenth should be. I feel it should be more about celebration and excitement and cookouts and gathering and yes, I felt too. And I think for white people, it should be shit. Our ancestors did these people dirty. And, you know, yeah. as a way to celebrate, we're going to put some money back in the black people's bank accounts and pay for those reparations. I think that's a great idea. Actually, I have I, that didn't even cross my mind. So cross let's mind. say we... I'm always thinking about my reparations. Le, of course, you're always thinking about reparations. Go, somebody better... Listen, y'all understand. If I ever get Lauren Hill about my taxes, I'm going to look them in the face. I'm going to look that judge right in his face, and I'm going to say, take it out of my reparations. <laughs> 40 acres and a mule. You know how That's much it. that is? You know how much that is? Do you know how much? It's a lot. Bro, do you know how much 40 yeah, acres in a million converts today? I grew interest? up on much more than 40 acres. So, yeah. Like, do you know how much 40 acres a lot. in a mule equates to today with interest? No, Daphne, tell us. I'm just saying, dog. The longer, <laughs> the longer these white folks hold out, the more and more my. I know it. I know it. One of these days, black people are going to get hip and stop playing, paying these taxes. I'm going to say, take it out of our reparations. Mm-hmm. And then y'all going to be like, Everybody going to be looking like, what? You who? You who? Well, exactly. Look. You who? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say this. Black people, stop paying your taxes. Every single one of y'all. <laughs> they're, they're, they're putting us in jails anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> stop paying your taxes and let these white people suffer and desecrate their own economy. And then we can all be on equal footing. That's I Amen, sis. Preach. Well, you were talking about equal footing, and I guess one of the best ways to have equal footing is um the creation of black business. Boom. So um yeah, I was on this list Boom. of like cool and like popping <laughs> black businesses, right? And when it came up was called Naturalicious. Naturalicious. I don't know why it took me so long to be able to get that name out, but Naturalicious <laughs> is a black-owned hair care business. So their products are specifically made for black people, black women in particular, by black people. So because of this, like they don't have like hella sulfates and everything that would like dry our hair out. That which is like really dope too. Okay, so like what's mad dope is that it actually began by like the CEO, her name is Gwen Jamere. I like I'm probably butchering her last name. She was like making homemade products inside of um, her kitchen. And like people were like, damn girl, your hair, your hair look nice. What you been using? She was like, oh, just stuff that I conjured up in my kitchen. And she started selling that and she realized that she could actually make a business out of that. Their products rely very heavily on natural ingredients. And honestly, I'm just in love with the fact that it's made by someone who actually knows how to work with our specific type of hair. Especially since I've gone to like, like especially being cheap, I've gone to like, Asian barbers before and stuff like that. And they, some of them, like, maybe. But, like, it's hard not, um, 
is hard not going to like a black person for like if you have like 4C hair because they don't know Yo. exactly how our hair grows and okay. the types of okay we gotta do a hair episode yeah. we should but I'm I'm gonna stop you right there because I will never forget and this is no shade this is no shade of any kind support black business honey but when I was at Lehigh I remember very very distinctly. There were these flyers going around in the M room about this new black hair store place, <laughs> beauty shop, opened up. And for some fashion show that was happening at Lehigh, they were going to do all the models' makeups and their makeup, and they were going to do all their hair. And I saw the flyer, and in one of the pictures, Shorty had no edges. <laughs> and I was like, that is a disaster waiting to happen. And then... I went and took my little black ass to this white ass, white ass, whitey beauty shop right across the street from my barber shop. Right across the street. It's called fucking Escondalo. Oh, I see. It's, it's called Escondalo what? Escondalo. And it was nothing but white people in there. And I walked in and I saw all these white people and I was like, oh God, what am I doing? I am natural. This is going to go horribly wrong. And I walked to the counter and I was like, excuse me, do y'all have any openings? I'm just trying to get my hair blown and straightened. She says, oh, yeah. She goes, but the person that handles your kind of hair texture, my boy Jeffrey. She said, the one that handles your kind of hair texture, he won't be in until Thursday. So do you mind if we schedule you for next week? And I said, yeah, yeah, sis, that's good. I got time. I got time. I showed up. Now, I thought Jeffrey was going to be a brown man. Jeffrey is whiter than white. All types of white. And I said, oh, Lord. He said, look, sis, I got you. Don't worry. And when I tell y'all, Jeffrey had me. Jeffrey had me. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey had me. All the heat protectant curls was gone. Hair was laid. Edges laid. Bone straight laid. I came out. I came out of Escondolo. And I kid you not, everybody passed me was like, Yo, your hair. Who did your hair? It's Mad Fly. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, you know, I went to the white people. And they were like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I've been real hesitant to go in there. And then I said, wait a minute. Wasn't y'all in that fashion show with that one beauty shop? And they were like, yeah. And I lost some hair from them people. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I saw that flyer. <laughs> I saw sure they had no edges. And I was like, you see, they thought that was okay. I knew from the beginning. Mm-hmm. When they put that picture on that flyer, they thought that having no edges was okay. And I said, that will not be me. <laughs> hey, y'all know what? My little nice press, whatever the hell, straightening of the hair, that shit lasted a solid week and some change. You know, I had to put the, had to put the shower cap on every shower and all that other stuff. Solid week and some change. When I washed my hair, all my curls bounced right on back. No little long straggles, nothing. I said, yes. Graduation came. I went right to my boy Jeffrey. Every time. So y'all, y'all gotta watch because these black people sometimes they be out here trying to lose your edges. You can't play with that scout. That's, that's you cannot true, play with your scout. You cannot play with your scout. That's all I'm I know. fairly certain I've had more relaxers be burned by my black hairstylist, not the one I went to in State College, who was phenomenal, but like random than I have used to when get I relaxers? went like one or oh yeah that's, that's oh, a I black used... girl staple 
Oh, yeah. I had my hair relaxed from age, like, sixth grade for me. It was sixth grade. Wait, Ten. Yeah, it was start. probably, like, ten or eleven. How are you going to find about, about relaxers with white parents? My mom I mean, is black. No, I'm talking about Star. <laughs> That's me. Well, my sister lived in Camden. Like, my sister, my sister is <laughs> many, many years older than me. So, like, when she moved to a city and started getting black friends and, like, started learning about black culture... And my parents, I think there was some, like, oh, there was, like, a black lady, a few black families in our church that, like, weren't against my parents adopting a black girl. So they, like, would teach my mom. I I got a hot comb once. Shorty said the... Easter? Oh, oh, girl. Not for Easter Sunday. Not for it was Easter like, Sunday. You gotta get a curls press for Easter. That's... Oh, that's, boy. You gonna have her walking around with the lamps on her going on Easter? Jesus gonna whip your ass. I don't remember the what the occasion was. No, bitch. You better get That's it. my scalp burning. I bet. I bet you probably ears, still, you probably wore the same Easter outfit all my other little black girls got, wore, with the white dressy was, socks like, and the big poofy dresses. Oh, <laughs> first of all, why the hell were we like in 1995? Dressing like we was in 1952. Yeah, see, with the with the black everyone was not trying to white. My cousin did that with his daughters too. Why are the yeah. Sunday looks still the same from nineteen fucking fifty two? I need, I need with answers. the all white shoes or the all mm-hmm. black ones. The, the little shiny ruffle black socks, patent leather jeans. I love my patent leather shoes. They're so cute. We but yeah, I mean, like, I we all look like Ruby Bridges first day of school. I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to say yeah, we Ruby all Bridges. out here looking like Ruby Bridges on the first day of school. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god yeah i got the hot comb i got my ears burnt got my neck burnt she set the fire alarm off it was a bad day i cried a lot and my mom was just like embarrassed too because i was like crying but it hurt and she, she like, felt badly because like she felt badly because this was like a nice grandma and she wanted to do something nice and she wanted to like do my hair and it was a painful experience. See, Star, you why you have to cry, Star? She's only burning a little lucky. bit. No, no, no. You got a little lucky because had your mama been had your mama been black, she would have got whacked. Mm. You got would have got whacked the hell up at the at the hair salon and on the way back. Acting up, whole crazy. Did not ain't no talk, acting, talk ain't no crazy. Up. <laughs> you better cut that shit out. Oh my gosh. Yep. That's it. There's no, there's no trying to coax. And I be feeling like black people, they, they don't try to reason with children. There's no coaxing or reasoning with children. It's I said it. You're gonna do it. And as mm-hmm. black kids, we just, we, we just shooketh. We are shooketh, and we know. I could act a fool right now. So, but I will not. Be sure to catch us next week with new content, commentary, and mess. Episodes are posted each Tuesday at 7 p.m. Bye, y'all. Happy Juneteenth.